Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good morning and welcome to the Monday morning, October 17th, 2022 episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host. This is a podcast that is dedicated to the public reading of the Word of God, along with the reading of some prayers and devotion each morning. Uh, the whole purpose of this was that uh, I came along, I had heard some other podcasts that were relatively similar, but I had realized that uh, I know it's very, very clear in the Christian church, there are so many that struggle to spend more time in the Word of God, and it is critical that we spend more time in the word of God and in prayer. And so I, my thought was that if I take this time each morning, I'd share with you part of what is my morning routine and has been part of my morning routine for years now, um, that maybe I could help you, especially for people. I, I know there are people out there with some chronic conditions and some of the symptoms bring on kind of a brain fog. So it can be very hard to sit down and read so I thought that at least by this, at least in some sense, it will, would help them by being able to listen to somebody read the scriptures and expose them to scriptures. So that is kind of what drove me to start this podcast. And, and I, I pray that it is of assistance um, and help, that it, that it equips, that it edifies, that it hedges up your way, um, that it convicts your heart, um, that you truly you know, brings you to a point if you're, if you're not already saved, brings you to a point of repentance, um, and turning to God and begging for forgiveness, um, as it did those of us that are saved. So, um, our prayer reading each morning, we read from the Valley of Vision, which is a collection of Puritan prayers. Um, they've, they're very, very, very good prayers. Um, they, they help me get to a prayerful place, to a, to a spiritual place instead of a temporal place, instead of a worldly place. Um, then we read a devotion from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's morning and evening. Uh, we read the morning devotion for the particular day in question. And then we do our Bible reading plan. We're doing a read the Bible in a year plan that was created by Robert Murray McShane back in 1842 that he created for his uh, congregation. Uh, I've been using this for about six years and basically it, as you go through the year, it takes you through the New Testament twice and the Old Testament once. So we're using that plan and we're reading from the Legacy Standard Bible. The reason I chose that translation is at this time, it is the most texturally accurate to the earliest manuscripts we have of the documentation. So let's go ahead and get, get on with our reading. We're going to get into our uh, prayers first. And as is our practice each morning, uh, we're going to do our first two prayers. Our, our, the common prayers we do is resting on God and grace and trials. Um, they, they came about for me as a way to deal with anxiety and depression, a way to deal with, remind myself that this is in God's hands, that in myself, I am weak, 
but in God, I am strong. And then actually with some stuff going on family wise or well, household wise, I definitely am in need of them this morning. So let's go ahead and get on with our reading. And then we'll do our prayer for the day. Resting on God. O God, most high, most glorious. The thought of thine infinite serenity cheers me, for I am toiling and moiling, troubled and distressed. But thou art forever at perfect peace. Thy designs cause thee no fear or care of unfulfillment. They stand fast as the eternal hills. Thy power knows no bond, thy goodness no stint. Thou bringest order out of confusion, and my defeats are thy victories. The Lord God, omnipotent reigneth. I come to thee as a sinner with cares and sorrows, to leave every concern entirely to thee. Every sin, sorry, every sin calling for Christ's precious blood. Revive deep spirituality in my heart. Let me live near to the great shepherd. Hear his voice, know its tones, follow its calls. Keep me from deception by causing me to abide in the truth, from harm by helping me to walk in the power of the Spirit. Give me intenser faith in the eternal verities, burning into me by experience the things I know. Let me never be ashamed of the truth of the gospel, that I may bear its reproach, vindicate it, see Jesus as its essence, know in it the power of the Spirit. Lord, help me, for I am often lukewarm and chill. Unbelief mars my confidence. Sin makes me forget thee. Let the weeds that grow in my soul be cut at their roots. Grant me to know that I truly live only when I live to thee, that all else is trifling. Thy presence alone can make me holy, devout, strong, and happy. Abide in me, gracious God. Amen. And now grace and trials. Father of mercies, hear me for Jesus' sake. I am sinful even in my closest walk with thee. It is of thy mercy I died not long ago. Thy grace has given me faith in the cross, by which thou hast reconciled thyself to me and me to thee, drawing me by thy great love, reckoning me as innocent in Christ, though guilty in myself. Giver of all graces, I look to thee for strength to maintain them in me, for it is hard to practice what I believe. Strengthen me against temptations. My heart is an unexhausted fountain of sin, a river of corruption since childhood days, flowing on in every pattern of behavior. Thou hast disarmed me of the means in which I trusted, and I have no strength but in thee. Thou alone canst hold back my evil ways, but without thy grace to sustain me, I fall. Satan's darts quickly inflame me, and the shield that should quench them easily drops from my hand. Empower me against his wiles and assaults. Keep me sensible of my weakness and of my dependence upon thy strength. Let every trial teach me more of thy peace, more of thy love. Thy Holy Spirit is given to increase thy graces, and I cannot preserve or improve them unless he works continually in me. May he confirm my trust in thy promised help, and let me walk humbly in dependence upon thee. For Jesus' sake, amen. And now we're going to do the second day morning prayer. It's called God over all. O God, all sufficient, thou hast made and upholdest all things by the word of thy power. Darkness is thy pavilion. Thou walkest on the wings of the wind. All nations are nothing before thee. One generation succeeds another, and we hasten back to the dust. The heavens we behold will vanish away 
like the clouds that cover them. The earth we tread on will dissolve as a morning dream. But thou, unchangeable and incorruptible, art forever and ever. God over all, blessed eternally. Infinitely great and glorious art thou. We are thy offspring and thy care. Thy hands have made and fashioned us. Thou hast watched over us with more than parental love, more than maternal tenderness. Thou hast holden our soul in life, and not suffered our feet to be moved. Thy divine power has given us all things necessary for life and godliness. Let us bless thee at all times, and forget not how thou hast forgiven our iniquities, healed our diseases, redeemed our lives from destruction, crowned us with loving kindness and tender mercies, satisfied our mouths with good things, renewed our youth like the eagles. May the Holy Scriptures govern every part of our lives and regulate the discharge of all our duties, so that we may adorn thy doctrine in all things. Amen. All right. Get a little coffee there. Okay. Now we're going to do our devotion. As I said, it's from Spurgeon's Morning and Evening. We're going to do the morning October 17th devotion. Um, the te text for this one is 1 Samuel 27, 1. And David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines. And Saul shall despair of me to seek me any more in any coast of Israel. So shall I escape out of his hand. The thought of David's heart at this time was a false thought, because he certainly had no ground for thinking that God's anointing him by Samuel was intended to be left as an empty, unmeaning act. On no one occasion had the Lord deserted his servant. He had been placed in perilous positions very often, but not one instance had occurred in which divine interposition had not delivered him. The trials to which he had been exposed had been varied, but they had not assumed one form only, but many. Yet in every case, he who sent the trial had also graciously ordained the way of escape. David could not put his finger upon any entry in his diary and say of it, Here is evidence that the Lord will forsake me. For the entire tenor of his past life proved the very reverse. He should have argued from what God had done for him, that God would be his defender still. But is it not just in the same way that we doubt God's help? Is it not mistrust without a cause? Have we ever had the shadow of a reason to doubt our Father's goodness? Have not his loving kindness been more loving kindnesses been marvelous? Has he once failed to justify our trust? Ah, no. Our God has not left us at any time. We have had dark nights, but the star of love has shone forth amid the blackness. We have been in stern conflicts, but over our head he has held aloft the shield of our defense. We have gone through many trials, but never to our detriment, always to our advantage. And the conclusion from our past experience is that he who has been with us in six troubles will not forsake us in the seventh. What we have known of our faithful God proves that he will keep us to the end. Let us not then reason contrary to evidence. How can we ever be so ungenerous as to doubt our God? Lord, throw down the Jezebel of our unbelief and let the dogs devour it. Alrighty, and our reading for this morning we're going to be reading from 1 Kings 20, 1 Thessalonians 3, Thessalonians 3, excuse me, Daniel 2, 
and Psalm 106. <clears throat> so 1 Kings 20. Now Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, gathered all his military force, and there were 32 kings with him, and horses and chariots. And he went up and besieged Samaria, and fought against it. Then he sent messengers to the city, to Ahab, king of Israel, and said to him, Thus says Ben-Hadad, Your silver and your gold are mine. Your most beautiful wives and children are also mine. Then the king of Israel answered and said, It is according to your word, my lord, O king, I am yours and all that I have. Then the messengers returned and said, Thus says Ben-Hadad, Surely I sent to you, saying, You shall give me your silver and your gold and your wives and your children. But about this time tomorrow I will send my servants to you, and they will search your house and the houses of your servants, and whatever is desirable in your eyes they will put in their hand and carry away. Then the king of Israel called all the elders of the land and said, Please know and see how this man is looking for trouble. For he sent to me for my wives and my children and my silver and my gold, and I withheld nothing from him. And all the elders and all the people said to him, Do not listen or consent. So he said to the messengers of Ben-Hadad, Say to my lord the king, All that you sent for to your servant at the first I will do, but this thing I cannot do. And the messengers departed and brought him word again. Then Ben-Hadad sent to him and said, May the gods do so to me, and more also, if the dust of Samaria will be sufficient for a handful for all the people who follow me. Then the king of Israel answered and said, Speak to him. Let not him who girds on his armor boast like him who takes it off. Now it happened that when Ben-Hadad heard this message, as he was drinking with the kings in the booths, he said to his servants, Station yourselves. So they stationed themselves against the city. Now behold, a prophet approached Ahab king of Israel and said, Thus says Yahweh, Have you seen all this great multitude? Behold, I will deliver them into your hand today, and you shall know that I am Yahweh. And Ahab said, By whom? So he said, Thus says Yahweh, By the young men of the rulers of the provinces. Then he said, Who shall begin the battle? And he said, You. Then he mustered the young men of the rulers of the provinces, and there were two hundred and thirty-two. And after them he mustered all the people, even all the sons of Israel, seven thousand. And they went out at noon, while Ben-Hadad was drinking himself drunk in the booths with the thirty-two kings who helped him. And the young men of the rulers of the provinces went out first, and Ben-Hadad sent out, and they told him, saying, Men have come out from Samaria. Then he said, If they have come out for peace, take them alive. Or if they have come out for war, take them alive. So these went out from the city, the young men of the rulers of the provinces, and the military force which followed them. And they each struck his man, and the Aramaeans fled, and Israel pursued them. And Ben-Hadad king of Aram escaped on a horse with horsemen. And the king of Israel went out and struck down the horses and chariots, and struck the Aramaeans with a great slaughter. Then the prophet came near to the king of Israel and said to him, Go, strengthen yourself, and know, and see what you have to do, for at the turn of the year the king of Aram will come up against you. Now the servants of the king of Aram said to him, Their gods are gods of the mountains, therefore they were stronger than we, but rather let us fight against them in the plain, and surely we will be stronger than they. Do this thing, remove the kings, each from his place, and put captains in their place. And you shall number a military force like the military force that you have lost, horse for horse, 
and chariot for chariot. Then we will fight against them in the plain, and surely we will be stronger than they. And he listened to their voice and did so. Now it happened at the turn of the year that Ben-Hadad mustered the Arameans and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. Now the sons of Israel were mustered and were provided for and went to meet them. And the sons of Israel camped before them like two little flocks of goats. But the Arameans filled the land. Then a man of God came near and spoke to the king of Israel and said, Thus says Yahweh, Because the Arameans have said Yahweh is a god of the mountains, but he is not a god of the valley, therefore I will give all this great multitude into your hand, and you shall know that I am Yahweh. So they camped one opposite the other seven days. Now it happened that on the seventh day the battle was joined, and the sons of Israel struck struck down of the Arameans one hundred thousand foot soldiers in one day. But the rest fled to Aphek into the city, and the wall fell on twenty-seven thousand men who were left. And Ben-Hadad fled and came into the city, into the, an inner chamber. Then his servant said to him, Behold now, we have heard that the kings of the house of Israel are kings of loving kindness. Please let us put sackcloth on our loins and ropes on our heads and go out to the king of Israel. Perhaps he will preserve your life. So they girded sackcloth on their loins and put ropes on their heads and came to the king of Israel and said, Your servant Ben-Hadad says, Please let me live. And he said, Is he still alive? He is my brother. Now the men interpreted this as an omen, and hastily, catching his word, said, Your brother Ben-Hadad. Then he said, Go bring him. Then Ben-Hadad came out to him, and he took him up into the chariot. And Ben-Hadad said to him, The cities which my father took from your father I will return, and you shall make streets for yourself in Damascus, as my father made in Samaria. Ahab said, and I will let you go with this covenant. So he cut a covenant with him and let him go. Now a certain man of the sons of the prophets said to another by the word of Yahweh, Please strike me. But the man refused to strike him. Then he said to him, Because you have not listened to the voice of Yahweh, behold, as soon as you walk away from me, a lion will strike you down. And as soon as he had walked away from him, a lion found him and struck him down. Then Enoch found another man and said, Please strike me. And the man struck him, wounding him. So the prophet walked away and stood by for the king for the king by the way and disguised himself with a bandage over his eyes. Now it happened that as the king was passing by, he cried out to the king and said, Your servant went out, went out into the midst of the battle, and behold, a man turned aside and brought a man to me and said, Guard this man. If for any reason he is missing, then your life shall be for his life, or else you shall pay a talent of silver. Now it happened that while your servant was busy here and there, he was gone. And the king of Israel said to him, So shall your judgment be. You yourself have decided it. Then he hastily took the bandage away from his eyes, and the king of Israel recognized him, that he was of the prophets. And he said to him, Thus says Yahweh, Because you have let let go out of your hand the man whom I have devoted to destruction. Therefore your life shall go for his life, and your people for his people. So the king of Israel went to his house sullen and enraged, and came to Samaria. All right, First Thessalonians 3. Therefore when we could endure it no longer, we were pleased to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy our brother, 
and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith, so that no one would be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we have been destined for this. For indeed, when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were going to suffer affliction, just as it happened, and as you know, and as you know. For this reason, when I could endure it no longer, I also sent to know about your faith, lest somehow the tempter has tempted you, and our labor be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you, and has brought us good news of your faith and love, and that you always remember us kindly, longing to see us just as we also long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and afflictions, we were comforted about you through your about you through your faith. For now we really live, if you stand firm in the Lord. For what really I'm sorry, for what thanks can we render to God for you in return for all the joy with which we rejoice before our God because of you? As we night and day keep praying most earnestly that we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and Jesus our Lord direct our way to you. And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people, just as we also do for you, so that he may strengthen your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. All right, and Daniel 2. Now in the <clears throat> sorry, now in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was troubled, and his sleep left him. Then the king said to call in the magicians, the conjurer, conjurers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came in and stood before the king. Then the king said to them, I had a dream, and my spirit is troubled to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Say the dream to your servants, and we will declare the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The word from me is firm. If you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, you will be torn limb from limb, and your houses will be made a rubbish heap. But if you declare the dream and its interpretation, you will receive from me gifts and a reward and great glory. Therefore declare to me the dream and its interpretation. They answered a second time and said, Let the king say the dream to his servants, and we will declare the interpretation. The king answered and said, I know for certain that you are buying time, inasmuch as you have seen that the word from me is firm, that if you do not make the dream known to me, there is only one law for you. Indeed, you have agreed together to speak lying and corrupt words before me until the time is changed. Therefore say the dream to me, that I may know that you can declare to me its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who is able to declare the matter for the king, inasmuch as no great king or powerful ruler has ever asked about a matter like this of any magician, conjurer, or Chaldean. Moreover, the matter which the king asks is difficult, and there is no one else who could declare it to the king except gods, whose dwelling place is not with flesh. Because of this, the king became indignant and very furious, and said for them to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. <clears throat> so the law went forth that the wise men were to be killed, and they sought out Daniel and his friends to kill them. Then Daniel replied with discretion and discernment to Arioch, 
the captain of the king's bodyguard, who had gone forth to kill the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, a powerful official for the king, For what reason is the law from the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the matter known to Daniel. So Daniel went in and sought from the king that he would give him time in order that he might declare the interpretation to the king. Then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to his friends, to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, so that they might seek compassion from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Let the name of God be blessed forever and ever, for wisdom and might belong to him, and he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. He reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might. <clears throat> Even now you have made known to me what we sought from you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. Therefore Daniel went into Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. <clears throat> he went in and said thus to him, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me before the king, and I will declare the interpretation to the king. Then Arioch hurriedly brought Daniel before the king, and said thus to him, I have found a, a man among the exiles from Judah who can make the interpretation known to the king. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered before the king and said, As for the mystery about which the king is asking, neither wise men, conjurers, magicians, nor diviners are able to declare it to the king. However, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will take place in the last days. This was your dream and the vision of your head while on your bed. As for you, O king, while on your bed your thoughts turn to what would happen in the future, and he who reveals mysteries has made known to you what will happen. But as for me, this mystery has not been revealed to me by any wisdom which is in me more than in any other living being, but for the purpose of making the interpretation known to the king, and that you may know the thoughts of your heart. You, O king, were looking, and behold, there was a single great image, that image, which was large and of extraordinary splendor, was rising up in front of you, and its appearance was awesome. The head of that image was made of fine gold, its breast and its arms of silver, its belly and its thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You continued looking until a stone was cut out without hands, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and crushed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed all at the same time and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them was found, but the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we will say its interpretation before the king. You, O king, are the king of kings, to whom the God of, he God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power the strength, and the glory. And wherever the sons of men inhabit, or the beasts of the field, or the birds of the sky, 
He has given them into your hand and has made you rule with power over them all. You are the head of gold. But after you there will arise another kingdom inferior to you, then another third kingdom of bronze, which will rule with power over all the earth. Then there will be a fourth kingdom as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron crushes and shatters all things. So like iron that breaks in pieces, it will crush and break all these in pieces. Now in that you saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it will be a divided kingdom, but it will have in it the toughness of iron, inasmuch as you saw the iron mixed with common clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so some of the kingdom will be strong and part of it will be brittle. And in that you saw the iron mixed with common clay, they will combine with one another in the seed of men. But they will not cling to one another, even as iron does not combine with clay. <clears throat> and in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will cause a kingdom to rise up, which will never be destroyed, and that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms, but it will itself stand forever. Inasmuch as you saw that a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it crushed the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will happen in the future. So the dream is certain, and its interpretation is trustworthy. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face and did homage to Daniel, and said for them to present to him an offering and fragrant incense. Then king, the king answered Daniel and said, Truly your God is a God of gods, and a Lord of kings, and a revealer of mysteries, since you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts, and he made him rule with power over the whole province of Babylon, and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. And Daniel sought of the king, and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the administration of the province of Babylon, while Daniel was at the king's court. All right, and now Psalm 106. Praise Yah. Oh, give thanks to Yahweh, for he is good, for his loving kindness endures forever. Who can speak of the mighty deeds of Yahweh, or can make all his praise to be heard? How blessed are those who keep justice, and he who does righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Yahweh, in your favor toward your people. Visit me with your salvation, that I may see the goodness of your chosen ones that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may boast with your inheritance. We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have acted wickedly. Our fathers in Egypt did not consider your wondrous deeds. They did not remember your abundant loving kindness, but they rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. <clears throat> yet, <clears throat> sorry, yet he, <clears throat> hang on, I'm take a drink. All right, I'm going to continue from verse 8. Yet he saved them for the sake of his name, that he might make his might known. Thus he rebuked the Red Sea, and it dried up, and he led them through the deeps as through the wilderness. So he saved them from the hand of the one who hated them, and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. The waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them was left. Then they believed his words. They sang his praise. They quickly forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel, but craved intensely in the wilderness and put God to the test in the wasteland. So he gave them their request. 
that sent a wasting disease against their lives. Then they became envious of Moses in the camp, and of Aaron, the Holy One of Yahweh. The earth opened and swallowed up Datham, Dathan, and covered up the company of Abiram, and a fire burned up in their company. The flame consumed the wicked. They made a calf in Horeb, and worshipped a molten image. Thus they exchanged their glory for the image of an ox that eats grass. They forgot God their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt, wondrous deeds in the land of Ham, and awesome things by the Red Sea. Therefore he said that he would destroy them. <clears throat> had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him, to turn away his wrath from eradicating them. Then they despised the pleasant land. They did not believe in his word, but grumbled in their tents. They did not listen to the voice of Yahweh. So he swore to them to make them fall in the wilderness, and to make their seed fall among the nations, and to scatter them in the lands. Then they joined themselves to Baal Peor, and ate sacrifices offered to the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger with their actions, and the plague broke out among them. Then Phineas stood up and interceded, and so the plague was checked, and it was counted to him for righteousness from generation to generation forever. They also provoked him to wrath at the waters of Meribah, so that it went badly with Moses on their account, because they were rebellious against his spirit. He spoke rashly with his lips. They did not destroy the peoples, as Yahweh commanded them. But they mingled with the nations, and learned their works, and served their idols, which became a snare to them. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons, and they shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and their daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with the blood. Thus they became unclean in their works, and played the harlot in their actions. So the anger of Yahweh was kindled against his people, and he abhorred his inheritance. Then he gave them into the hand of the nations, and those who hated them ruled over them. Their enemies oppressed them, and they were subdued under their hand. Many times he would deliver them, but they were rebellious in their counsel, and so they sank down in their iniquity. Nevertheless, he looked upon their distress when he heard their cry of lamentation, and he remembered for them his covenant, and relented according to the abundance of his loving kindness. He also made them objects of compassion in the presence of all their captors. Save us, O Yahweh our God, and gather us from among the nations to give thanks to your holy name and revel in your praise. Blessed be Yahweh, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say Amen. Praise Yah. All right. That is our reading for the day. Um, I should have said it at the beginning, but forgot. But links to everything that I've read today are in the show notes, as well as links to the hard copies of the Valley of Vision, of Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and of the Legacy Standard Bible, as well as a link to a PDF of Robert Murray McShane's calendar, as well as the note he wrote to his people as he when he handed it, or when he sent out this calendar to them, set out set it out for them. So that that's all in there. Um, <clears throat> I tried to send out. I had said I would include a picture of the Wanyan in one of the previous show notes, except the show notes won't accept images. Um, so I wasn't able to, sorry about that. Um, maybe I'll figure out another way at some point. 
I hope you all have a wonderful day. This has been a little longer than I wanted it to be, so I need to go ahead and get on with work today. Um, let's go ahead and pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for giving us this time this morning to spend in your word and in prayer and in devotion. Dear Lord, we would pray that this time together would equip us, would edify us, and would would hedge up our ways, would, would lift us up and help us to walk as your son Jesus Christ walked in this world. We need to be the light in this world, as crazy as it is out there. Dear Lord, we continue to pray for those who were affected by Ian. And uh, we pray, of course, for their physical well-being, but most importantly, for their spiritual well-being. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, you go out and you have yourself a wonderful day. And remember, everything you do today, do it for the glory of God. Have a great one. God bless. Thank you.